I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens, to follow this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. Okay. Uh, first headline, 19 children and two adults were shot and killed at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. Uh, let's start with you, Vanessa. What's the latest with this story? I think the saddest thing of all is that uh, one of the things that they've been doing there in Texas is uh, identifying the children. Um, you know, you have mothers and fathers and grandmothers who send their children off to school and now they have to, in order for them to return, use their DNA to identify them. And so that's basically what they've been doing the past couple of days is matching the children with the families uh, through DNA. So um, it's tragic. Um, There's also talk now about how the young gunmen got into the school. They're saying maybe the doors were unlocked. Um, and, and it allowed him to get in. But the bottom line is it's happened again. Um, you know, we've lost uh, more people. Uh, we've lost more children, tragically, um, but any loss of life. And that's just been uh, really deadly. It's always deadly in America, but it's been especially deadly in America these past couple of weeks. Hmm. Yeah, this is heartbreaking. You know, can you imagine sending your child whatever age to school in the morning? thinking you'll see them, pick them up later, you know, a routine day and having something like this happen. It's, it's just unfathomable. You know, you have to feel for those families. And the other issue uh, is how did police handle this? Did they do it correctly? You know, since the Columbine shooting and the shooting in Florida, they have been, you know, pressing cops to basically storm the building, you know, not stand outside and take a defensive position, but to go inside and engage the gunman. And some are saying that uh, 
you know, that didn't happen in this case for maybe an hour, giving him more time to shoot and kill those innocent children. Yeah, I saw that um, uh, some reports said that the uh, officers waited outside uh, for upwards of 90 minutes. And then I saw a, a later report that said um, office, some officers actually did uh, go into the school, but to retrieve their own children not Mm. to engage the gunman. And so um, it's uh, it's interesting listening to the conversations, particularly for the uh, the more conservative representatives in this country um, as they try to uh, come up with every solution (laughs) in the world, um, except for the one that I believe the country really is wanting to focus on, which is, which is identifying the real problem uh, and that guns are the problem and that mental health is something that is fluid. Mental health changes. Um, yeah, poll, poll after poll shows that Americans want some sort of gun and control. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but um, no, the Republican establishment won't even hear of it under, it appears, any circumstance. Um, And each time they immediately almost as a reflex say that this is not a gun control issue. Mm -hmm. It's a mental health issue. And that doesn't feel that doesn't feel fair. It almost feels like. And, you know, as I was saying, the uh, the mental health aspect, that's something that changes. You know, there's there's a such thing as crimes of passion. There's the temporary insanity as a defense in in criminal court cases. Um, This is something that can change laws, however, um, could be in place to preclude the necessity of all of the stuff that we're going through. Um, And so dealing with laws and and looking at guns as, and certainly the caliber of weapons uh, is something that we're coming to terms with as a country that, you know, this is really what we're going to have to do. And it appears, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you saw uh, Steve Kerr's response, um, but it appears as though uh, more and more people in this country are actually identifying the, uh, the, the specific individuals, the, the Republicans in the Senate, um, and holding them responsible for these sorts of things. Now we have children murdered at school. When are we going to do something? I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. I'm fed up. I've had enough. We're going to play the game tonight, but I want every person here, every person listening to this to think about your own child or grandchild or mother or father or sister, brother. How would you feel if this happened to you today? We can't get numb to this. If you saw Beto O'Rourke, who, by the way, is running for governor of Texas, he confronted the governor and told him at a news conference that it's on him. This is the blood on his hands. He needs to do something. And he was promptly thrown out because, again, the Republicans say this is not about controlling guns. This is about another issue. And this is not the time to bring that up Mm -hmm. Um, each and every time they say it's not the time. But 
quite honestly, it's past time and prayers and thoughts and that type of thing is not enough. It's not enough in Texas. It's certainly not enough in Buffalo, uh, New York, where there was also a loss of life and blood flowing through the streets through, uh, again, a young gunman. Um, these are people under 21 with arms and uh, using them to deadly effect. You know, this also brings up another uh, concern or question, revives a, a discussion about whether police should be in schools to protect kids. And when it comes to black kids, uh, there have been uh, police officers who have been asked to leave the schools to no longer be there because of the mistreatment of black kids being overly aggressive. So it's like, how do you find that sweet spot of protecting kids, but also being respectful toward them, especially black kids? You know, that's an ongoing issue. It is. Yeah. There's a, a, a I, I'm a father to a small uh, a first grader. Now he's, he's going to be a second grader. And um, the uh, on the last day of school, it was the day after this attack and the, uh, it might've been the principal or else the superintendent sent an email out to all his parents um, detailing what their plan would be moving forward and how they're looking into, you know, different types of doors for the front office and um, it's replacing chain link fences with rod iron fences. And, um, you know, they're looking into all these options as well. And so, you know, if the legislation or the legislators aren't going to do anything, then now the schools are looking into their, with their limited budgets, what they can do uh, to protect the children and of course make people feel safer. And so it'll be interesting to continue to watch how this unfolds. Now, monkeypox outbreaks. Um, that's been a headline that has certainly alarmed lots of people, certainly with the photos to, to match. So Mike Stevens, why don't you give us your thoughts on uh, the goings on with respect to monkeypox? Yeah, what we don't need now is a new disease to worry about, still dealing with COVID. Yeah. And um, the monkeypox is uh, similar, apparently, to smallpox. And this is different than COVID in the sense that it's not a new, new illness. They have, you know, um, uh, they have uh, medicines to treat this that have been gone back for years. And basically, uh, this kind of thing has been eradicated in the United States. But along comes monkeypox. There's like about, oh, I guess around 100 cases worldwide, and there are at least two in the United States. And what stood out for me is the photos that they use to show monkeypox. Mm -hmm. They use these images that are possibly 20 years old of these black or brown hands with these huge bumps on them. And a lot of people are saying, wow, that's, that's a racist way to do it, you know, kind of connecting black people to this particular illness. I mean, it's another way of, of, um, you know, increasing the stereotypes of black people spreading disease or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about it, which struck me about monkey pox, like COVID, this is stuff that can be inhaled through the air. Um, so it becomes down again to masking and to be as, as safe as possible. Um, I believe years ago, it was President Obama who said that viral infections are a part of something that we have to be on constant lookout for and vigilant against because there's always going to be something popping up. And yet this is something else that we need to deal with. 
and to be aware of and to maybe eventually get another vaccine for. And with this anti-vaccine fervor among some people, that's another thing for them to fight against taking a shot from monkeypox if there's one that's developed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Information Network news anchors Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens are here with us discussing this week's major stories. So uh, we've seen the results of some key primary elections this week. Vanessa Tyler, why don't you start us off with your thoughts? Well, um, if you were keeping score in terms of how former President Trump did, I guess it's a mixed bag. Um, 
in terms of what's going on in Georgia, uh, that's certainly a, a loss for him because, you know, the one guy he did not want to win the primary uh, was the current governor, Kemp, mm -hmm. who won, by the way. Mm -hmm. And the guy that um, Trump wanted, Purdue, did not win. Um, another interesting part about Georgia's primary is Herschel Walker also won uh, for his uh, Senate uh, uh, seat to go after the seat that's now hold, held by Raphael Warnock. I was just looking at some recent polling, and it appears that Abrams and Warnock are down against uh, Kemp and um, Walker, surprisingly, is doing very well. So um, this is, should be a wake-up call for the people in Georgia who want to keep Georgia blue. You know, that's precarious. Um, they need to get out there and, and do something. But yeah, there have been um, a number of races a lot of people have been looking at to see whether, you know, the candidate that Trump is pushing has won. And like I said, it's a mixed bag. So for so those Republicans who may feel they want to break away from him and, and Trumpism, which, you know, aren't many, very many, but at least they know that his endorsement is not a, a done deal or sure bet. And, you know, there there's a lot of changes in Georgia and in Texas and Florida and other states when it comes to voting. And black people seem like they have responded um, by being proactive, getting out to the polls, regardless of who they voted for. We don't know. But, um, you know, the 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 rules the the voting laws have been said to be those things that are um that are set up to make it more difficult for african americans to come to the polls you know like you can't give somebody water or food while they're standing in those long hot right. georgia lines to vote yeah. mm -hmm. but people have gone out there and responded you know anyway and i guess the hope is around the country especially when it comes to african americans Again, we, you know, not telling anybody who to vote for, but whoever your candidate is to know your rules, to know the deadlines, be prepared, you know, bring your own water, whatever you need to do and get out there and not wait until election day. But, you know, to early vote or whatever it is you have to do to make sure your vote counts Absolutely. and be prepared, like you said, to wait because lines are going to be long. Um, and so it may be because polling places have been closed, because polling places have been switched because of a lot of things that a lot of Republican legislators have done to make it a little more difficult or in their, in their, on their behalf to find fraud or to eliminate fraud, um, it's going to be a little difficult this year. But it's going to be absolutely necessary because, as you know, the midterms are coming up and um, it's going to be a test on how much the president can govern in terms of who he has with him in the majority in the Senate and, and uh, how the numbers look in the House. Very good. And uh, last but not least, uh, this past week, we saw the second anniversary of the passing of George Floyd. Uh, Mike Stevens, why don't you start us off with uh, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, this is one of those things where it was just and continues to be life changing. Uh, this was one of the first times I would say Rodney King was the very first, but this one certainly with today's social media, with television coverage, where white folks and black folks got to see uh, an injustice being carried out by police against a black man. 
you know, and it's hard to believe that it's been two years already since George Floyd, George Floyd passed away, or should we accurately, more accurately say murdered mm-hmm. uh, by, by a police officer. And you know, it's unfortunate that that had to happen, of course. So many positive things, however, have happened since then as a result of this man um, dying um, in our society. I mean, really too many to mention, but there has been wholesale change in, in one sense, um, you know, in society. But the question is, is it enough? Will it continue? Is there more that can be done for social justice uh, to help black people live a life that, you know, is fair and not being mistreated? I mean, there are so many uh, rabbit holes we could go down on that, uh, you know. <laughs> well, you know, the president just signed that executive order um, in for reform in justice and policing. And keep in mind, this is almost like default. He didn't, he really wanted the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, but that went nowhere, um, as we know in Congress. It certainly didn't go anywhere in the Senate. So he did sign an executive order, which at least does something. And he did it specifically around the time of the second anniversary of his murder, of George Floyd's murder. And in this particular executive order, um, what could happen is, one of the main things that will happen with it is this registry, which will register um, and keep track of abusive police officers, because we all know, at least we've learned lately, the problem of them going from department to department to department with their abuse going right along with them. So at least now we know who these cops are and we know their background and we know what they've done and how many complaints about them. And another thing the executive order also does is encourage other jurisdictions and municipalities to eliminate, you know, the no-knock, which we know has been deadly for African-Americans, the no-knock warrants, and also the chokeholds, which in many departments are illegal already. It's illegal already, but it's, you know, still being done. So that's also part of that executive order to at least encourage that. It doesn't outright outlaw it. Because that would be something that would have been in the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which went nowhere. Well, thank you both very much for your insight. Uh, Once again, our guests are Black Information Network news anchors, Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics 
in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.